0: Here's the host of the Talent Talk radio show, the founder and CEO of People G2,
1: Chris Dyer. Hey, good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in here to Talent Talk. It's Tuesday, so you know I've got uh, two great guests lined up for us to have a great conversation today, talk about talent, talk about really talented people and what their secrets are. You know, in case this is the first time you're joining the show, welcome. If you're a regular well you know I'm going to get through my little my little intro here and then we'll we'll jump right into it but this show has really been designed to really help me take uh what is a great experience of meeting some really cool people inspiring leaders incredible speakers and Really, people who are, are thinking and, and really pushing us in, in new directions all the time. And instead of having a one on one conversation with them, the show's really designed to have the, an opportunity for you to listen in on that conversation so that you can hear what we're talking about, maybe learn something like I'm going to learn, and of course, have you participate as well uh, if you're into that. We'll get that in a second. Talent Talk is live every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, but you can get us how most people get us, which is through iTunes, um, through the podcast there. You can subscribe. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, on any device, anywhere in the world, anytime, on, on both of those. Um, and we are now uh, averaging over 10,000 shows being listened to a day, which is millions in a year. We're just, we're just so excited and really appreciated uh, everyone coming in to to listen, to, to give us your thoughts and, and feedback. Really appreciate it. So big thank you to everyone who's following the show on a regular basis. Mentioned uh, a second ago, if you want to participate in the show, we'd love to have you do that, whether you're listening live or it's after the fact. If you have a question, if you have a comment, if you think uh, one of my guests is telling says the most uh, incredibly important thing ever, or maybe you disagree with one of us, whatever it may be, hop on Twitter, type in your question or comment, Make sure to send it to at PeopleG2 or use that hashtag talent talk. If it's live, my producer, Mike, will try to feed me in any questions or thoughts, and we can get that on the air. If not, we're happy to respond back and, and have it continue that conversation uh, there on Twitter afterward. Anyways, uh, let's go ahead and get to who's going to be on the show today. We're happy uh, Frank Cottle could get on the air with us a little bit early, and we can spend some extra time with him. Um, he is the chairman and founder of Alliance Businesses Center's uh, network. Uh, don't forget, you can also send your questions in to g 2 on Twitter and use the hashtag TalentTalk. We'll try to grab those questions, keep the conversation going. You can also find us on TalentTalkRadio.com, iTunes, uh, Podcasts, and also iHeartRadio. Lots of great places to find the show and we listen. And at some point, we'll get Jeff uh, back on to have a proper conversation. But let's go ahead and get to Frank. Frank, welcome to the show today.
2: Well, thank you very much. I'm happy to be here.
1: Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and, of course, what your company does?
2: Well, boy, I'm not a very interesting fellow, but our company is, though. Uh, we've been in the serviced office industry in one form or another since 1979. So we're one of the original pioneers of the industry. We've been uh, in the industry building buildings and uh, building centers and operating centers for quite a while. And then in uh, 2001, we changed our model. Uh, we sold all of the centers that we owned. And started a network company that operates a lot like uh, Best Western Hotels, except for business centers and real estate. Uh, And alongside of that, started Alliance Virtual Offices, which is a -a software-as-a-service company that looks uh, really a lot like Expedia, except for offices. Uh, People buy offices from us all over the world. Uh, We have 700 locations in 52 countries now. And uh, you can open 10 offices in 10 countries in 10 minutes very easily through our system.
1: Well, that's really great. And we've used, my company has used uh, platforms or systems, probably similar, or maybe even used yours, who knows. Um, and uh, my company's virtual, and sometimes we need office space temporarily, or sometimes we need it for a fixed period of time as, as my people go in and out of being working from home or working in an office. Um, so it sounds like you really kind of grabbed onto a good niche at the right time uh, in, in what people are doing and kind of the ever changing needs of, of where people work and how they want to work. Um, was that really the impetus of it, or or were you just sort of looking for a change and looking to get out of handling building management and just sort of changing your focus?
2: <laughs> well, a little of each, actually. Um, yeah. uh, what I think we realized is, as we watched the genesis of our industry grow, I mean, 37, 38 years is a long observation period, I think what we realized was the incredible increasing demand for flexibility in all aspects. So we combined people, place and technology into a single bundled product that we deliver with a highly flexible service agreement and if you think about that it's usually uh, whatever tech you're using uh, or i'm using in my home you know i have to sign up for a couple of year plan well if i hire somebody i've got to make a major commitment to that person uh, Uh, to hire them and and to to care for their position and all of that. And the same one I take uh, real estate. So we looked at the three things that every company must have, people, place, and technology. And we figured out how to deliver them with a highly flexible hour-to-hour, day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year, whatever you need, service agreement instead of all of the other contractual structures that most people use.
1: So I know that kind of puts you in the position of being an expert on on business centers, uh, executive suites, and you know, virtual spaces. Um, so h- how did you get to that point? Um, I mean, clearly, if you're around long enough, people will call you an expert, but I imagine that you're delivering your clients a certain level of expertise and, and value. H- how does someone get from maybe where they're starting off to a point where, where you're at, where you're considered an expert in a field?
2: Well, I think the... Uh... Old saying goes, a lot of good decisions comes from having made a lot of bad decisions. So uh, our expertise was was probably the classic uh, rule of hard knocks. We learned as we went, and we made every imaginable mistake that I think a company can make in its growth. Uh, but we survived. We persevered. Uh, and now uh, we are considered experts. We not only manage our own company, but we also... Uh, manage uh, 12 companies around the world in this industry, uh, one of which is the industry's largest news and information network. Um, another is uh, the industry's largest charitable foundation. Uh, and also, we're a partner in the industry's largest meetings and convention platform for its own educational purposes. So, I think by becoming an industry activist, not just a company operating within an industry, but really Taking the rising tide floats all ships approach to the entire industry, we've had the opportunity to learn an awful lot and to share that knowledge with others.
1: Well, I know my company, as I mentioned, is a is a virtual organization, and um, I was sort of curious. You know, I, I get a lot of the questions from people about how can you make that work, and and they're curious to to to, to sort of how that operates, and I certainly have those people that suggest. Uh, virtual or a partial virtual organization just can't work. They just can't get their head around it. So, when you're sort of confronted with some of those ideas and thoughts, you know, how do you, uh, what, what are some of the things you talk about? I mean, how How, how do you see organizations functioning with, with people in sort of this pliable, uh, you know, situation with, with when they need space and when they don't?
2: International companies, multi location companies have been around for decades, if not millennia. So the concept of people working together over great distances um, is nothing new. Uh, I don't think that that's, uh, again, anything new. We can go back to the Roman eras and and find companies, farms, uh, military organizations, et cetera, that do that. The only thing that's really changed now, uh, time. We're given the gift of time through technology and how we work. So in real time, I can work across multiple time zones and multiple offices with a virtual staff. We have been, a company has been a virtually operating uh, paperless since 1993. We believe that we can hire the very best people wherever they are. Um, no one's disrupted. No one has to move their family. No one has to relocate. Uh, and we don't have the costs of relocation, and we're not limited. Um, immigration's a big topic in the world today, uh, and we don't have to worry about that Uh, because we hire in place wherever the best people are. And I think that whether it's us or you or any company, today we're almost all international companies. We all have an international supplier of some sort or an international client of some sort or use technology that's delivered internationally to us. Uh, The concept of working virtually or a team working virtually, which is what you need to build a company, um, shouldn't be daunting uh, at all to people. And it should actually be embraced because you can say, Who's the very best person in the world for this job? And then go to them, seek them out. And there's no restrictions.
1: Yeah, that's one of the beauties of, of a virtual uh, workforce, is whether it's international or it's even domestic. I mean, I can hire people in different states and I get a great mm-hmm. person, let's say, in Georgia or uh, in New Jersey or wherever that may be, and they don't need to relocate. They don't need to be here right in my office. And where I'm at in Orange County, California, but uh, they can stay where they're at and with their families, but I can get their talents. And that's a great kind of good selling point for anyone who's thinking about that. And I loved what you really? said about uh, that, that gift of time with uh, kind of referring back to the Romans. I mean, I read a book recently, The Fall of the Roman Empire, and I think it was really the whole premise of the book was how long it took to get information to and from Rome as the empire went reached farther and farther and farther out. And that was part part of their demise, among other things. So, I guess technology really has solved that problem for us to allow us to, to stretch our wings as far as we can imagine and, and we can still communicate and manage and, and lead. Um, it, it's it's kind of amazing, I think, in comparison of, of the two times, you know?
2: Well, if, if you stick with the Roman analogy for just a second, the whole reason the Romans built roads was so they communicate more quickly. Right. That was a technology that they, they accomplished, how to, how to build roads very quickly, how to move people, messages, armies, trade in their case, uh, very quickly. And that gave them a huge advantage, and that's what technology gives us today. It's funny, you talk about domestic versus international. Just here in Orange and Los Angeles County, where you and I live, You oftentimes see people working virtually from their homes because maybe someone's in the west side of Los Angeles uh, and the office is even down in Costa Mesa where you are. Um, That's quite a a time drag. That could be an (laughs) hour and a half to two hours each way. And when you think of the productivity lost, not to mention the wear and tear on everything, uh, what a waste. Uh, What a waste. Well, we get rid of that waste, and we help other companies to do the same.
1: And, and so, if you look at a virtual model on, on paper, it makes a lot of sense. And one of the areas, though, that people don't necessarily maybe aren't ready for, don't plan for, is you got to have the right leadership as well. Um, you got to have the right kind of a way in which you're going to choose to manage people um it, i always say it's if you manage by how many times the paper clip uh, is put on and the stapler goes off if that's how you judge activity um uh, you know or how well liked someone is in the office that they're doing a good job you're, you're pretty you're pretty behind the the eight ball there so uh, do you see a particular mindset as far as leadership goes for someone to be successful in that type of environment
2: um, yes, I, I think so, and I think you've hit it on, on the head that leadership is, is the prime component. But what that's what we're seeing today, and thank goodness we're seeing more and more of it, is that the entire culture of a company, top to bottom, it seems to be embracing this need and desire for flexibility in all things. Um, work-life balance and how you manage that personal life balance and how you manage that against your work is just as important as the work you do and, and, and sustaining the work that you do. Well, uh, I think more and more companies are recognizing this, um, gone are the days of the old, uh, singer model that was so revolutionary in the thirties of rows and rows and rows and rows of, rows of desks or cubes that we replaced them with. And, uh, more of just high, high degree of flexibility and team working, uh, and it's, it's built into the cultures of companies today. I think one of the steadfast foundations of our own industry uh, is that flexibility and bringing people together, uh, certainly, uh, to work independently, but not necessarily alone. So you can work in a business center, part-time, full-time, or the newer models that are evolving, referred to as co-working centers now, um, and really have a very full um, work life experience. Um, even though you're working alone, you're around other people, um, you're coming and going as your own business needs require, but you don't feel even if you're working independently as if you're, um, cast out of the organization somehow.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's an interesting model because you're getting the connection of people around you, the infrastructure of a building. But if you can, you're doing your work independently for a company that maybe is, 100 or 1,000 or 5,000 miles away, whatever it may be. Um, it's kind of that really neat idea of having that mixed uh, kind of process. Um, well, it, you know, some-
2: it, it seems to work. I'll tell you an interesting uh, way to determine this trend very easily. Just look at the uh, any Fortune 100 company. Look at their annual report five or seven years ago. And it would have said that they made X amount of revenue and Y amount of net profit, and they had uh, 300,000 employees worldwide. And if you looked at that same public report and a report today, you'd see that they still made X amount of revenue and Y amount of net profit, but that they had a workforce of 300,000. They wouldn't say employees anymore. They'd say workforce. The reason they do that is 10, 20, 30, 40% of those people might be independent contractors now. A model that suits the worker and suits the company much more effectively allows for more flexibility on both parts. And it's funny, a lot of people say, oh, I I, want to be an employee. I don't want to be a contractor. There's an old saying, he who has three bosses has none. So a lot of people actually prefer to be a contractor having two or three abilities to apply their trade or their skill, um, as opposed to having a single employer uh, where they can get fired and then they're in trouble, where everything all eggs in one basket. And the independence of the way we work today creates that and actually strengthens uh, and and gives people more security uh, than they might have had if they were working for a large company in a single organization.
1: Yeah, and this gets back to I think the book might be Rich Man Poor Man. Uh, you know, do do you take that that approach that you want to have a job that you go work for the same company for, you know, your whole career or one or two companies for your whole career and save all your money and then go retire or you know, do you take that other approach and like as you're saying, do, can you be an independent contractor? Can you be disciplined enough to to have multiple uh, accounts and, and manage that, and be disciplined about your your money and and how you you deal with your time. But ultimately, gain that freedom uh, and insulation from if one, if one of them decides that they don't need you anymore, that you're not suddenly out on the streets. You still have two other uh, sources of income. You can probably go find another one to replace that other one, um, and you're you're it's sort of a choice. But I think. To me, the big factor is discipline, and I'm not sure people have that discipline. They almost want to give that up to have the security of just showing up and letting somebody else worry about can the lights be turned on and will payroll be met and all those types of things. Do, well, do you see the same I, way, I or I think, think there's other factors there yeah, that, no, I, that motivate I, I, people I, in those choices?
2: I, again, I, I, I think you made a very important point that uh, being an independent contractor, being an entrepreneur, requires a tremendous amount of personal discipline you don't have others telling you when what you can do Um, you don't have others planning for you and you don't have others being responsible for your individual needs Um, and that responsibility does fall onto your individual shoulders some people are well suited for that others aren't I think though that our growing cultures of in business are teaching us how to think that way a little bit more these days when I was in Attempting to go to college, I should say. Uh, Everybody uh, in the business classes was saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to get a job with IBM. Oh, I'm going to be so cool, or I'm going to get a job with a big bank. Unfortunately, I was kicked out of college, and so I didn't have to go through that. I started my first company when I was 19. Um, But today, people don't think that way. They think, I'm going to create this. I'm going to develop that. I'm going to work for this company for a certain period of time until I gain the skills, and then I'm going to do something on my own. People are thinking much more independently today, and I think that's very good.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that's definitely good. Um, and we'll see how the current youngest generation uh, coming up in our workforce maybe impacts that, improves that, or, or modifies it. So, you know, I, I know uh, we've got to look at gotta some of the questions here we had lined up for you. You also have an Alliance Academy. Can you maybe talk a little bit about what that is, and and what kind of the mission is, and what you want people to learn from if they're they're a part of that?
2: Well, I think one of the rules in rising tides off floats all ships is education. Helping people within any industry to learn, to grow, to manage better, to f- provide services uh, more effectively. Uh, whether it's us doing it just for ourselves or us doing it on an industry-wide basis, we're much better off competing against other people that are are smart, other people that are good at providing services, other people that are well-managed. I think that's true in every industry. You have nothing to fear from a a smart, intelligent, well-managed competitor. You have everything to fear from somebody with a lot of money and no brains. So we really try to work with our industry, help our industry in growth. Uh, we have a consulting group also. We work with a lot of property companies and trying to help them make the migration from conventional space to the service space model. And uh, we think that's just, again, part of our responsibility as uh, part of our industry.
1: Well, one of our favorite questions to ask our guests is, uh, is there a book that you're reading right now? And can you tell us about it?
2: Well, I'm going to be really awful and say no. Uh, <laughs> There there really isn't any particular book that I read. Uh, I spend probably two hours a day, though, in the headlines, and the news, and in business periodicals, constantly searching for things. Searching for things about our industry, searching for things that will impact our industry. And I know this will sound a bit vainglorious, but I would prefer to gain as much data and knowledge as I can constantly from 100 sources And try to form my own opinions uh, and create an original thought uh, rather than uh, necessarily be influenced by someone that's uh, maybe a great author but isn't in in my business and hasn't walked in my shoes.
1: Well, this is why we ask this question because we get such a huge variety of answers. And I think it's a really fascinating point that you're spending up to two hours a day in researching and trying to find Information that 's going to impact you, your industry, your company, uh, your clients i mean that's uh, that 's a big big takeaway because i don 't think any I, I would I would bet that most people don 't spend two hours a week doing that kind of work, let alone two hours a day so um, certainly there is a lot of value there in what you 're talking about um, uh, that anybody might think about doing if they want to be on top of what 's happening
2: well it, it is that 's the way you identify. Trends before others. You see the pebble dropping into the pond while the others uh, just see the waves hitting the shore. And that's the sort of thing that we we try to, to really focus on a lot. And that's our, we consider that our job on behalf of our entire corporate teams, uh, on behalf of our clients. If we're going to have a service, it's our job to be at the front end of providing that service, not at the back end chasing others. And, and, and that's uh, something we've always focused on.
1: So we've talked a lot of uh, a lot of different things here today. We kind of dabbled in a few different areas. If there was maybe one thing that you hope someone was actually would actually remember, or if they happen to only tune in for just one of the questions or one of the responses, what, what's that one thing you hope they might take away or remember from our conversation today?
2: I think if you're doing something good, just stick with it. Learn, become the very best student of your industry or your trade. Um, constantly constantly learning, constantly teaching yourself. There's there's never a moment when you can't learn something new and and apply it. Uh, I think to to me personally, uh, people say, oh, you're this or you're that. And I say, no, I hope I'm just the best student of my industry.
1: Well, I think that's great uh, advice. And uh, anyone can use that. And I hope that they will take it uh, back with them and share with their uh, co-workers or families or friends, anybody, because it's, it's great advice. Most important question of the day is how can people get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more about your company or maybe need office space or whatever it may be? What's the best way for them to find out more?
2: Well, I'll, I'll give you two websites. We're we a very digitally-oriented company, so I'll give you two websites. The first, In fact, I'll give you three. The first one is alliancevirtualoffices.com. That's our core SaaS company that helps people to find virtual office space, meeting rooms, conference rooms, uh, uh, live reception services all over the world. And like I say, 10 offices, 10 countries, 10 minutes, piece of cake. The second website I'll give you is a website called allwork.space. All work. That's the industry's uh, publication. It, tells, it talks about our entire industry and if someone's interested in learning more, a property company possibly, or or people just want to know how our industry works, allwork.space is a great place to go. There's a pretty big publication, about thirty five thousand articles read every month there. Uh, and then, lastly, um, there may be charitable organizations or people um, thinking in terms of nonprofits. Uh, Try allgoodwork.space. That's a charitable foundation that uh, we sponsor on behalf of our industry and we host and house uh charitable organizations for free uh all over the country uh as part of our donation uh to uh doing good work
1: well frankie thanks so much for being a part of uh, the show today and providing us with some great insights uh and just being a part of the talent talk radio show uh, hopefully we can have you come back at some point and give us an update on what you're doing and uh, your other maybe some other insights of things that we didn't get to today. So thank you for being on the show.
2: Oh, it's been my pleasure. Anything you ever need, always feel free.
1: All right. Thank you everyone for listening to our show today. Hopefully you've gained something you can use in your own career in a positive way. Uh next week my guests will be Scott Dimmick, senior VPC and CHRO for Lakeland Regional Health, and Liz uh, Pellet, Director of Great People at image solutions so until then do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today
0: you've been listening to talent talk radio brought to you by people g2